Welcome to installment 239 of Sefer Mitzvahs from the Rambam. Today's portion we will continue our discussion of Positive Commandment 109, the law of purification by immersion in a mikveh. As we discussed in yesterday's shi'ir, the Rambam tells us what the positive commandment of mikveh is. It is not a positive requirement for an impure person to immerse in the mikveh. Only if the impure person wishes to do certain things by purifying himself or herself, then one must immerse in a mikveh. It is not like, as the Rambam quotes the Sifra, it's not like the mitzvah of tzitzis, that if one has a four-cornered garment, if one is going to wear a four-cornered garment, one must put tzitzis upon it. And it is not like a mica, a fence around a roof, that if one builds or buys a house with a roof, one is required to put a fence around it. Over here, one might think that if one becomes impure, one is required to remove this impurity as soon as possible by immersion in a mikvah. This is not true, as the Rambam brings out from the Sifra. Only if one wishes to become pure and engage in those acts which only a pure person can engage in. Only then is one required to to purify oneself. And in that case, all the laws of mikvah must be followed. Therefore, if at the times of the Besamekdash, one would desire to enter the temple grounds, one would first be required to immerse in a mikvah. And so too today, a woman who is impure and wishes to be in union with her husband is also required to immerse in the mikvah. And then there is the positive commandment, the biblical commandment, to observe all laws pertaining to the mikvah. The commandment of mikvah derives from the book of Leviticus, chapter 15, verse 16 which states, Barachatz Bamayim es kol besore. Speaking of a man who is impure, the verse states that he must wash or immerse all of his flesh or all of his body in water. The Rambam tells us why is the phrase kol besore used, all of his flesh? This means that a certain amount of water must be used. There is a minimum amount of water for a mikvah. What amount is this? This is an amount of water which will cover the entire body simultaneously, which our sages estimated to be ama al ama al reim gimel ames, one cubit by one cubit with a height of three cubits. This is enough water for a person to immerse, which totals forty saw, a liquid measurement given as in yesterday's shir as 726 liters approximately. There are even those legal authorities that hold that it is not enough to have 40 saw for the mikvah. That the 40 saw must be in the proper dimensions. Namely, one by one by three amas. It would be insufficient, for example, to have a, a mikvah half an ama high half of a cubit high, although very long and very wide. Even though it might have plenty of water, nevertheless, it would not be according to the measurements of our sages. It would be a mikveh merudedes. And there are those that hold that such a mikveh is invalid. The laws of mikveh are many and complex. And only an expert 
in this specific area of mikvoyes is qualified to answer questions regarding them. Nevertheless, the Rambam gives us a few laws pertaining to mikvah and tells us that there is a difference between a mikvah of rainwater as opposed to a mikvah made of well water. Tap water, or any water which has been carried by hand or in a vessel to a mikvah, is invalid for the mikvah. Rainwater, which has come directly without interference into the mikvah, is valid, as well as rain, as well water, underground water, may mayan. There is a difference, however. When do we need 40 saw of water if we're using rainwater? Should water from the well be used, then the Rambam tells us that even the most minute amount is sufficient, as long as the entire body is covered simultaneously. As we mentioned yesterday, the law does not go with the Rambam in this point, only as far as immersing vessels which need purification and immersion. Then less than 40 saw may be used, but not in the case of a human being. Then the full shear must be obtained. Usually, either type of mikveh may be used. However, the Rambam points out that for a Zav, a man who has had an irregular emission from his reproductive organs, this Zav can immerse and purify himself only through immersion in Maimayan, in well water, and for him rainwater is insufficient. The Rambam discusses a further implication of the words of the, of the verse as kol besorei, the entire flesh, by bringing the law of chitzitza. This law tells us that there must be nothing interfering between the waters and the body, that the water must come in contact with every exposed area of the body. By biblical law, it would be sufficient if a person examined every part of their body or had someone else examine them to ensure that there was nothing to impede the contact of water. However, in the days of Ezra, at the beginning of the second temple, Ezra and his court made a decree and established that before immersion, a woman must first shampoo and wash her hair and comb it and ensure that the hair is not stuck together since this is a very common place where a chatzitza could occur since the hairs commonly stick to each other and in the place of contact water will not reach that part of the hair and this would invalidate the immersion. In addition, in later generations Jewish women were even stricter upon themselves and this custom became part of Jewish law that a woman before immersion is required to wash her entire body with warm water to ensure that there is nothing to impede the flow of water to the skin. It has been explained that the Ruach Hatuma, the spiritual impurity which is removed through immersion, must have a physical place or at least one spot on the body in which it can be united. And once it has one part of the body to express itself and one part of the body to hang on to, so to speak, then from there its impurity can spread throughout the entire body. This is the reason given for chitzitza. And the reason why one must be so careful that even the slightest part of the body should not be out of contact with the water at the time of immersion. 
Because if there is even one spot which is not in contact with the water, then the entire immersion has been invalid. As long as there is one spot of the body where this impurity can grab hold, from there it can spread to the entire body. The immersion then has had no effect. The Rambam concludes his, his portion of Sefer HaMitzvahs by saying there is another aspect of these, of these laws which are, which are not normally thought of as the laws of mikvah. In addition to the technical requirements of the mikvah and the technical requirements of the immersion, so too there is a law of head of Shemesh, of Tvul Yem, that a person, after immersion, must wait until the sun sets before the purification is completed. That although one can immerse during the day, nevertheless, the purification of the mikvah does not fully take hold, is not fully effective until sunset. This applies, of course, to all the different types of tumois, the different types of impurity described in the Chumash as we have been discussing through the last few weeks. When it comes to the main type of impurity, which is correctable today, the tuma of Nida and Zava, when a woman goes to mikveh, in this case the opposite really takes place. She is forbidden from going to the mikveh during the day. She must wait until nightfall in order to go to the mikveh. The Rambam concludes by telling us that we can find further details of these laws in the tractates Mikvois and Tvul Yem. Since we are already discussing the topic of mikvah, there's a proper time to discuss some of the things brought in Jewish writings about the tremendous effect and the tremendous benefits of mikvah on the, on the marriage relationship. Almost incidental, but nevertheless important, is the newness which is injected into the marital relationship through a period of abstinence. That when the woman is in her period of nida, she is forbidden for, to her husband. And even contact is, is forbidden. Even indirect contact in some circumstances. As described fully in the laws of nida. These periods of abstinence and reunion have a healthy renewing effect on the husband-wife relationship. This is something so obviously observable that even many non-Jewish commentators have, have mentioned this effect of the mikvah and even tried to incorporate it in many cases of counsel, marital counseling as a way of renewing even the marital relationship of non-Jewish people. There are numerous more spiritual effects as well. Through proper observance of the law of, mik of mikvah, a holy neshama, a holy soul, a more holy soul, is drawn down to the children that issue from such a relationship. And even when children are not issued, nevertheless souls are created through the marital, marital relationship. As our sages mention regarding the years that Abraham and Sarah had no children, that even then they were busy creating neshamas through their marital union. And the neshamas, the souls that are thereby created, are of a tremendous holiness when, followed by, when preceded by immersion in the mikveh. In addition, it has often been mentioned that couples that are incapable seemingly of having children or that have trouble conceiving can better their chances of conceiving by strict and proper adherence to the laws of Taras HaMeshpacha, 
of the many detailed laws of family purity pertaining to mikvah and other related laws. In addition, the physical health of the children and even the physical health of the husband and wife themselves are dependent on proper observance of these laws. We can get a sense as to how crucial the laws of mikvah are by investigating some of the laws of the Torah pertaining to mikvah. That should a community be without a mikvah, then even the synagogue can be sold, and even a Torah scroll may be sold, in order to facilitate the building of a mikvah, should no other funds be available. Throughout Jewish history, the Jewish people have gone on tremendous self-sacrifice under the most difficult conditions to ensure the pr- building of a proper mikvah. Even today, our brothers and sisters in the Soviet Union endure tremendous hardship in order to observe properly the laws of Taras and Meshpacha. The story is even told of a woman who came from Russia and showed the present Rebbe Shlita a picture of her family. And the Rebbe pointed to a child and said it's evident from this child's face that, he, that the child was born through Mesiris Nefesh of Taras and Meshpacha. Tremendous self-sacrifice for the laws of, of Mikveh. And the mother told the Rebbe a story she had never told anyone else. That in order to be with her husband before this child had been born, since there was no mikvah available, she had immersed herself in the winter in an icy body of water in order to properly observe the laws of Taras HaMeshpacha. And after this tremendous self-sacrifice for observance of these laws, this child was born. And the effect on the child was so great that it was evident even on a picture of the child. The holiness was so great because of such selfless observance of these laws.